Orsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Orsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving selection and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Orsman story. Orsman Ford Lincoln. Let's ride together. Orsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Orsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving selection and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Orsman story. Orsman Fairfax Toyota. Let's ride together. everybody jp finley washington football talk podcast we are brought to you by the great people at oarsman automotive of virginia on sunday we're gonna be at oarsman chantilly toyota um i am excited to go there because ron rivera talked on saturday and said sunday's practice is gonna be exciting i think there's gonna be a lot to talk about tomorrow we will do it live anybody that wants to come hang out in person you get to ask questions on the pod uh, it's going to be a blast, I think. We'll probably get there around 1230. You got to give us a little bit of leeway because practice goes long. We don't exactly know what time we'll get there. Plan on 1230. Might be 1 o'clock, but we're going to pod from there. It'll be a blast. Um, we have a packed packed pod for you. I got to sit down with Dwayne Haskins. Really good interview. He is so focused on leadership, and it is such a stark contrast to last year. It's amazing to see a young man grow like that in 12 months. Um, it's more growth than probably the three of us have had in a long time. Um, I, I want to say hello to Peter Haley and Mitchell Tischler. Gentlemen, how do you do? Doing great. Yeah, hello. How often do we get the full first name, James Patrick Finley? We worked together for seven years before you knew my first name, which is still pretty remarkable. Um, Pete, quickly, there's a lot of things we need to discuss, but I need three air horns. Uh, like three full air horns or three horn sounds? I need, I need you to do your thing. We have major breaking news, okay? okay. I don't know that you guys know what it is. You kind of do, but you might not know what I'm talking about. So I need you to go almost all in. Meow, meow, meow. Bitch got a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Carver, tell us about Carver. Oh, put him. Well, these don't go on YouTube anymore, but there yeah, he is. Yeah, they'll go on YouTube, but here's Carver. Oh, 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 what a good boy. Look at that guy. Oh, my God. Look at <laughs> together. He's huh? a uh, three month old um, Australian shepherd mix. <laughs> he's kissing you. <laughs> he's, uh, he's super cute. Had him for about 12 hours now, and. Uh, He's uh he's a real real chill dog. He's uh he's pretty good. I like him. I love oh, him. He's not gonna be chill forever, big man. Enjoy that. Now. Right now he is, and I'm enjoying it while he is. He has big paws like Mitch does. He does have big paws like Mitch does. Big man, big puppy. So my daughter, my older older daughter Shelby, is obsessed with asking about puppies, and she's 
there's a little bit of confusion going on here. She's convinced that my male dog, Banks, is going to have puppies. And mm. I don't feel like explaining that. But uh, we've been talking about puppies nonstop for a week. And I told her that Mr. Mitch got a puppy. And Shelby is now very excited to meet Carver. I was uh, messaging with your wife about setting up a uh, oh, day to come by. The Lord texted you? <laughs> she, she has DM'd me on uh, Instagram. Oh, don't be sliding. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa. She slid. There was no sliding. It was <laughs> I don't know that I want her sliding either. Instagram, yeah. man, nothing but trouble. Mitch, you, <laughs> you need to explain why he's oh. named Carver, of course. Pete so, is so into this. It's so funny, and it's perfect. Okay, and then we're talking serious running back conversation. Yeah. yeah. His name is Carver. His full name is George Woofington Carver, named after the man who was uh, instrumental in propagating the peanut in American culture in the southern oh, states. Peanut? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Carver loves peanuts. He loves peanut butter. He loves all things that have to do, especially <laughs> crunchy. All right. See, I think we were doing so well. I'm so excited you got a dog. And I, I'm not here for the, for the long – Pete loves it. It's not for me. But I'm, I'm really glad. never going to call him anything but Carver. Carver is his name. I'm calling him George Woofington Carver every time I see him. Good. I hope you do. All right. Congrats. I'm excited to meet that little guy. He is stinking cute. All right. Um, running backs. It's time to have a serious conversation. Because I don't know who they're going to cut and how they're going to cut that person. I don't know that they can keep five running backs, though. And I don't know who's going to play the most. There was early on in camp, and I wonder if some of it was just us seeing Bryce Love back on the field. But Bryce Love looked to be possibly having a major role. Now, let's, let's start with what we know, right? Rather, there's a lot of unknowns, but what we know is AP has a role. He's going to be the first running back on the field, and he's going to get – how many carries did he get last year, Pete? I'll pull it up real quick. You keep talking. He got zero in week one. That, that much is true. I, I don't think he'll be inactive week one. I'll tell you I that. I don't think so either. 211 um, carries compared to 251 in 2018. So, I bet he gets that's what, somewhere around there. Yeah, that, I mean, that seems reasonable. So, let's just establish that we know AP has a role. And maybe that's 150 carries. Maybe it decreases because they got other guys now, right? What is everyone else's role? Because I think Antonio Gibson is now the number two running back. But I, I try to get some information off Ron, who is just throwing haymakers at me. But yep. I, I, I try to get some info off Ron on Gibson, because if you remember, for a while, he was kind of half wide out, half running back. And Ron was like, yeah, it's a secret, <laughs> which is cool. I mean, they want to unveil him against Philly. I get that. But I'd like to know. But Gibson clearly has, I think, a, more and more, I think Gibson has a very big role. I really do. Then J.D. McKissick has a clear big role, right? Yep. Yes. And, and in my mind, this is kind of the hierarchy of these guys. And, and I know that the, how they'll look on the field is going to be very different. I think we're going to see a lot of shotgun two backs, of two backs, quarterback under center. I think you're going to see Gibson and McKissick out there together a lot. But what does that mean – for Peyton Barber, who they like, and what does all that mean for Bryce Love? Right? Like, 
Peyton Barber is the one guy who I think, like I know in your roster projection, you had them keeping all five as of now. If it goes down to four, which I think it will, I think Barber's the one to cut because I'll still go back to what Ron said about Bryce Love, like overly complimentary, explosive, dynamic, a guy who can be an every down back. And I think you're right. There was a point where we might have maybe bought in a little heavy on Love because it seems like now it's Peterson, then Gibson. But I still think Love factors in, but as the fourth guy, uh, Gibson, I still think he'll have more catches, but I don't think he's going to play nearly as much receiver as I initially thought. I think he's going to be catches out of the backfield constantly and a good amount of runs. So I love the Peterson-Gibson dynamic with McKissick definitely helping out and then Love maybe being the fourth guy and Barber eventually being let go, even though Ron brings him up from time to time. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of where I am after Geis was, uh, after Geis was released. I mean, I think that Peyton Barber is can be a – nice back but I think that he's also you can pick him up off of waivers in week five if you need him and if it's not him specifically somebody who does the same thing who does the same thing that he does and I think that you're going to see Antonio Gibson get get a lot of get a lot of run you see how much Scott Turner loves to to run these uh, running backs out of the backfield and get him catches and and that's not Adrian Peterson's strong point and that's clearly we've seen Gibson have the best hands of the of the running backs along with uh, McKissick. I've been kind of going through some notes over the last couple of days. because I want to write about the running backs, but I just, I'm not sure I know enough to write, which wouldn't stop my clicks. But Well, how about, how about you write a what we know and what we still don't know story? You're signing me blogs, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also think that you got to look a little hold on, bit. Let me read. I wanted to read this. Sorry. I had to leave the zoom to pull up this thing I want to read. Um, this was Ron Rivera on the 25th, so like four or five days ago now. Asked about guys coming back from the big injuries. The biggest thing, obviously, is their health more so than anything else in where they are. Again, as we work with Ruben and Alex and Bryce, it's really about just seeing them take the next step. Sometimes a guy will plateau and be stuck there for a while. It's hard to want to expose them to more. We just have to be smart about it when we move to make those decisions to the next phase of their reintroduction to 11 on 11 football. So I'd like, and maybe this is going to let's table the the pure running back discussion, but that quote to me, Alex is not plateauing. Alex did 11 on 11 drills. He's, he's progressing. Now there was no contact in those, but it's coming. You listen to Ron, Alex Smith is going to take 11 on 11 work with, contact and he won't get hit but he could get rolled up on a lot of things could occur that's going to happen so do we all agree that Alex is progressing we don't know where he's going but he's progressing he's absolutely it, yes the, the answers available here are plateau or progress okay progress progress Clearly. okay Ruben Foster plateaued I think is polite um you're not seeing much if anything out of Ruben he was on uh I couldn't help but notice this. He was on scout punt return the other day, which is generally guys that are on the at least the bottom half of your roster. Maybe it's just he happened to be there or whatever. I, I think they're trying to get Ruben back to the IR. I, I don't know why you activated him because it doesn't seem like he's fully healthy, but I guess he could pass his physical. And, and keep in mind, too, this organization has really light investment in Ruben. They didn't pick him up. They didn't deal with all the – the wild, wild controversy surrounding his addition to the football team. Um, they declined the option. So he's only getting paid this year. And then it's a, a contractually they're done. 
So if they have to release Ruben, you release him with an injury designation to get him to IR, and that opens him up to other teams claiming him, I don't think they're going to lose sleep on that. So I guess that's plateau. Are you guys with me there? Yeah, I would go on the other side of that. But if you have progress, plateau, you have, what, tumbling? I don't know if he's tumbling, but – yeah, I was trying to think of a, a third P word to describe a decline, but whatever, whatever that is, that's Ruben. He's just not not even in the mix at linebacker or really in the mix. Progress, plateau, and poo-poo. But that's not what he is either. That's not that. Right. Yeah, okay. So that – all right, now we can get back to running backs here. Has Bryce Love plateaued? Because who's Ron talking about? It's not Ruben, and it's not Alex, and he's using plateau. He, he, he made a point of saying that. So maybe we've seen Bryce plateau. Let's think about all the – now, Bryce had the one run the other day, and Ron talked about it where he broke to the corner of the end zone. And I think that was 11-on-11 11 red zone. But I don't think I've seen Bryce out there with Haskins in a while. And that's what we've identified as the starting offense. All the guys we talked about making plays have been Gibson, McKissick, a little bit of AP, right? Yeah, it, like early on it felt like running back was – when Ron said we're going to mix things up and experiment, it felt like running back was one spot where he did that. You saw, you saw AP with the third team. You saw Bryce with the starters. But this feels like one where they're kind of honing in, and it's Peterson and Gibson and McKissick are getting all the important reps, and Bryce loves filtering in the back. So I think Plateau is a perfect way to describe where he's at. The only thing I was going to bring up about the running backs and in, in, in the guise of kind of what's happening on the offensive line is that we've seen – them start rotating guys into the different starting positions on the offensive line to kind of get a feel for who fits in where we saw uh, Josh Garnett starting at, at guard. I've seen Wes Martin snapping at center. Uh, they've been, you know, with the second or third team. I mean, they've been, they've been kind of starting to, you can see the guys that they've identified as who the starters are going to be. And that's Jaron and then the right side. And they've kind of been messing around with that center and left guard position. I think you can kind of look at the running backs and, and see that they're kind of, to me, they're, they're rotating some guys through and, and seeing what everybody has. And early on, they were get, there was a lot of that was Bryce Love, and now they're giving a, lot, a few more reps to, you know, Peyton Barber and to, and to um, Antonio Gibson and company to, to see what they have, I think. And it might be that, they, that they, they have a feel for what Bryce Love is or has and, and know that he's a guy that they're going to keep and, and – you know, work with in terms of trying to get him to start taking steps and progress. And maybe they're trying to see is Peyton Barber, the guy who is worth keeping as a fifth running back and taking up that, that roster spot. And let's get Antonio Gibson's, you know, as many reps as we can, because he's got such good hands and is able to catch the ball in the backfield. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and 
starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right. Uh, Wallet on the table right now. How many and who are your running backs on the roster September 6th? So I, I get this question all the time. September 5th is roster cuts. Top four, no barber. Yeah. I think it's, to me, kind of cut and dry. But that's, I agree with Pete. I think those four and then Payne Barber is kind of the odd man out. Who's your backup to AP? Ron today talked about you identify your starters, then you identify your clear backups. Who's your AP backup? I think Bryce Love is more in the ilk of AP. So if you're in a short yard situation and you need somebody to come in and get it and AP is unavailable for whatever reason, I think that's where you go. That's where Bryce Love comes in. And that's, I think that you can, you can look at, you know. You think he's ready for that? I don't know, man. I don't know if he's ready for that, but if it's, if you're in a situation where, you know, AP is unavailable and you need somebody to put their nose down and get a yard, I think he's your best option of the running backs. I don't, I think I'd go to Gibson. Everybody says he's built like a linebacker. I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying you're wrong. I, uh, that's what kind of my point there though, is they don't have anybody for that. Cause that's not Bryce. It's not Bryce that hasn't played in two years. Right. That's Barber. Yeah. But I don't know if you necessarily need that. You have such a dynamic, versatile group and we always had the, Oh, P Ryan's the perfect backup for Peterson, but just because he can, do everything AP does on a way worse scale doesn't qualify him as someone who needs to be on the roster. There's a hundred Peyton Barbers. I don't care about Peyton Barber fitting in as a nice backup. Use the guys who are good, even if their skill sets don't exactly match up. Keep all the talent you can keep. I agree with you in like theory. I in but on an actual Sunday afternoon, and you have a third and two, and it's raining, and you yeah. got to pick it up. And AP, I don't know. I, I, let me be clear on this. I think you're right. Like, I, I think Peyton Barber is good. But I think if we know anything, there's lots of good running backs that are on the street available. And you can probably sign Peyton Barber week eight if you need him. But I just – Also, Adrian's been here besides getting benched. He's, he's shown he can do it. So, I don't know if you necessarily need to worry about a Peterson. Yeah, that's a good point. That's it. Not that's only shown point. he can do it, but shown he's willing – he plays through – every injury under the sun. I mean, he separated his shoulder in what week two last year and barely missed, barely missed any time. Fair points. All right. So you guys are saying four. He's still a fiver. Yeah. Right now I'm still a five. I want to see this Sunday practice that Ron's talking about and uh, go from there because if, if this Sunday, you know what I keep hearing, you know, the, like the old monster jam Sunday, Sunday, Sunday at the Capitol center, come watch, Gravedigger, jump over 800 cars or whatever that was. Like, that's what's in my head for this Sunday practice. And I think we'll get some real clues what's going on there. If if they're working their RBs hard and Bryce isn't getting work, I think that'll be a real clue about this plateau thing. Yeah. I like what you're reading into, though, that he used the word plateau and it doesn't apply to this guy or this guy, so it might apply to Bryce. I think you might be a little on to something. You know, one thing I've, I've always done, and I especially this year where we don't get to talk to assistants, I can't tell fans and our listeners enough how big of a deal it is that we don't get to walk off the field with the assistant coaches. You get so much. And, and, and I think people need to realize that, like, the amount of effort 
I and others put into this damn job, not everything is about trying to get scoops. It's about trying to get like context and understanding of what's supposed to happen, what they want to happen and what is happening and then trying to convey that. And so not being able to walk off the field with the position group coaches has made roster projections way, way, way harder, especially at O-line where we more or less know nothing outside of what we see. And often what we see isn't what they're being told to do. Um, but I think Sunday is going to be a real opportunity for us to see who they want on the field. And, and if they think two guys are close, I think they're going to work those dudes to battle it out and figure out who they should have on the field. Go ahead, awesome. Pete. Um, maybe a clue for Barber versus Love, if it comes down to that, is that Ron was asked today if he would favor veterans this year, especially because of the shortened offseason needing to rely. If that comes down to the, the tiebreaker, Barber is obviously the veteran over Love. So maybe something to file away for now. Yeah. Good. I'm excited for the Sunday practice, though. It feels like it's going to be like a 1980s, like, Donningbrook. Yeah, it does. And so what I was saying is that because we don't get to talk to the assistants, obviously we watch practice and we take part in Ron's presser. But I've been going back and, like, rereading the, the transcripts and the notes from those press conferences. And then I do it again the next day, just like information settled. And then you see what else pops. And that's why that plateau thing popped. Um, you guys think we've plateaued or are we still progressing? Uh, the numbers say we are more than progressing. They say yeah. we're skyrocketing. I think we're progressing. I think we're progressing pretty well here. I think we are too. I, I, uh, I had to talk to the Blair. I didn't, I got the opportunity to speak to the Blair football team on zoom. My old high school coach coaches there. And, um, I think Pete would have loved it. I think Mitch would have rolled his eyes. I gave like a hardcore attack success, kick-ass Kick every day's ass speech, and uh, I don't know. I, hopefully, that's what we're still doing on the pod. Um, I'm pulling up the numbers because I did. We hit the one number we were hoping to hit. Oh yeah, did really? we? Oh yes, we did. Damn, we smashed it. Yeah. We can also do the. We were the sixth number six football podcast in America. Yeah, we might as well do all this now. We were 197 overall out of the bajillion podcasts in the world. 197 of all podcasts in the United States. How asinine is that? And we record in Wegmans parking lots and in We've got a half mil since the 4th of July. Holy moly. <laughs> That's a big number I don't know right there. To say this. Yeah, yeah, you're getting a good deal, dude. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's thank Orsman. Wait, what number, were, what number were we at? In the, we're number 181 of all podcasts in the United States now. Oh, we're climbing now? Damn. We just took over Rachel Maddow then. Take that, Maddow. Sweet. Give me somebody else so I can equally opportunity yell. Um, Studio 71, Killer Instinct. I don't know what that means. Me either. Uh, Sounds creepy. want to thank Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them. Hope you do the same thing. On Sunday at 1230, we're going to be at Oarsman Chantilly Toyota. Um, you can find them online, oarsmanva.com. The address, I'm actually giving out physical addresses, 4135 Auto Park Circle, Chantilly, VA. Um, we'll be there. It's going to be fun. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about tomorrow. I really do. I'm excited for it. Um, and, uh, speaking I of might not have to take mental notes. I might have to take real notes. Whoa. I've never, outside of your weird, was it the purple yeah. pen? Yeah, yeah, outside of the world. And I'm fairly convinced you had um, some – some stimulants involved when you when you did that purple pen. <laughs> and, weird, uh, I've never seen it's a weird conversation, but no, 
I did it in the car on the way to the. You were in no way stimulated. It was nine in the morning. We were driving up. I was driving out to Ashburn. He said he did it in the car while he was driving. I'm sure that's safe. (laughs) (laughs) That's worse than stimulants. I don't know that it is. Well, you guys, you guys, writing stuff down while you're driving and like doing. Go ahead, Pete. I'm trying to segue. Okay. Okay. All right. Talk about stimulating the all-new Roto World Premium subscription package. <laughs> have the tools and resources you need to dominate your fantasy leagues from drafts through the playoffs. Best of all, subscriptions are not just one sport. They include football, baseball, basketball, and hockey. Now, as a listener of the Washington Football Talk podcast, get $10 off any annual subscription to Roto World Premium. And all you need to do to find your edge, rotoworld.com slash edge using the promo code PODVIP10. Grab your purple pen. Write down pod VIP 10. There you go. Nice rhyme. 15 out of 10, Pete. Thank well you. done. Well done. Thank My you, guy Edmund's going to be all over you. Edmund sent me an email. Thank you very much. I need to check it. I, uh, I'm an idiot, and it's hard for me to focus. Mm-hmm. Um, True. You need oh, some stimulants to focus in. Dude, speaking of stimulants, you know there's college football on the night that we can gamble on and drink beer and watch? Wait, what? Yeah. Why do you think I was texting you for that phone number? Um. How does Mitch not know this? He's a dog, and all of a sudden he forgets about college football. Yeah, you're like a dog guy now. You don't even like sports. (laughs) Central Arkansas is a five-point favorite against Austin P. Oh, I love the governors. Give me all the governors. I'm I'm on Central Arkansas. Have you seen their field? Central Arkansas? Red, right? No. No. Arkansas State plays on the on the gray field. Hold on, let me be sure. Is it I think it's Central Arkansas football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look up their field, dude. It's incredible. I want you to do it while we're here. That is gorgeous. Holy moly. I've never seen anything like that. How awesome is that? I'm all over them tonight. They could be laying 50 and I'd still take them. I may need to text your number as well, JP. (laughs) Well, I wanted to use the Gambit DC, but they want my social security number. And I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. So, fun, fun fact, Central Arkansas. The phone number Mitch gave me, nobody's asking for my social security number. Fun fact, Central Arkansas was one of the highest scoring college basketball teams last season. Okay, that applies to college football perfectly. Thank you for that tidbit. That's a tickle. It was more more gambling uh, potpourri. (laughs) Gambling potpourri. All right, we have a really good interview with Dwayne Haskins. It's not just going to be the three of us idiots. Um, I wanted – so, Alex Smith was in 11-on-11 drills. That's a big deal. Uh, it was non-contact, but Ron was pretty clear there's contact coming. Dwayne Haskins is the starting quarterback. So I don't think – I think it's more coincidence that Ron hasn't named a starter and we're waiting to see what Alex can do because Haskins is the guy. Dude, progress or plateau? Does I believe you asked him about that in your one-on-one, did you not? Who? You asked Dwayne when is he going to be named starter or are you the starter? I kind of asked him. I definitely asked Ron, and it became a thing. The PFT picked up. Um, I asked Ron for a timeline when he was going to name the quarterback, and he said, yeah, I have one. I said, well, can you tell us? And he said, no. <laughs> and, then, and then today, what was the jab at time? I don't know. Somebody asked a question, and it might have been standing or somebody, and he goes, oh, that sounds like a JP question, trying to get a direct answer, huh? <laughs> God forbid. Dwayne's a starting quarterback, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Yes. Yep. Okay. Kyle Allen's backup. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sold on that yet. I, Kyle, I think Kyle Allen's a week, week one backup, but week eight, week nine, I'm not quite sure. If if Alex Smith is out, if 
if they run a real practice Sunday and Alex Smith is out there on 11 and 11 and is taking and takes contact, I'm not saying that he's going to get taken to the ground, but takes contact, bumping and whatever else. I'm in, I'm not in the business of counting out Alex Smith anymore. And if I, I am out contact, of the business, out of the business of doubting Alex Smith. If they're going to let him start to take contact, I, he could very, I think he is the better backup quarterback right now. I think Kyle Allen is, is a great third stringer to have. Well, you guys saw my roster. You have them carrying three quarterbacks and no antics trying to get Alex to the IR. They're just carrying three quarterbacks. Where are you at with that? I think they're going to – I've said it from – I think they're going to carry three quarterbacks. I mean, since they cleared him for contact, I thought that it would be a little bit longer timeline before they – started putting him in 11 on 11 and, and, and getting these reps that we're seeing him get now. So I thought early on there was a chance that they would try and put him on the IR and bring him back in week six or seven whenever, you know, he could. Right now I think they're carrying three quarterbacks and I don't think they can – I don't think they're, they're going to try and do any of that shenanigans, any of those shenanigans or chicanery of IR or whatnot. I think he's on the roster and he might be – I think he might be uh, – he might be inactive the first couple of weeks, but I think that he's on the roster. I think all three guys are. Uh, no potpourri here. I think it's uh, all three of them are on there, and I think it might give them the best backup and backup backup quarterback situation in the league. Who has a better second and third than a guy who's played in this offense and then a 36-year-old former Pro Bowler? I just don't know if you can beat that. I think Dak with Andy Dalton behind them is pretty good. Yeah, good point. I think you got to look at the one. You can't just well, – are we, we going to have a contest where we just grade backups? Yeah. I don't know. Carson with Jalen Hurts is pretty good. Who's Brady's backup? Uh, Blaine Gabbert. You're also twisting my thing. I'm just looking at second and third, not the first. But that's fine. JP does it all the time. Yeah, but the bulk of rosters won't even have a third. Okay. I made what about one. Miami? Miami is Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh, – Josh Rosen and two. Josh Rosen. That's a good one. See, now Mitch is playing along. And I don't think that's a good one because I think Rosen stinks. I think Fitzpatrick is the, might be the best backup in the league. Kyle Allen may not be much better than Josh Rosen. I don't know. I think Colt McCoy is the best backup in the league. No, Just because he's your doppelganger. Okay, Jake. I think Andy Dalton's the best backup in the league. I already said that one. Yeah. Um, what's the Bears situation? They got Trubisky and Nick Foles and somebody else, right? We are so in the weeds right now. You started this with your rank the backup competition. Yeah. I'll write a story about it. I'm surprised people um, didn't even name backups because all he watches are wide receivers. Mm-hmm. True. So I miss the preseason. I, I'm going to say that. And I know how easy it is to slam the preseason, but it's, it's one of those, you don't know what you got till it's gone, man. I, I was last night sitting here with my wife. Like I said to her, I was like, man, I wish we could watch some random preseason game. And she looked at me like I, I'm an alien, but that's how I feel. Today would have been the th- third preseason. game. I mean, I miss training camp. I miss Richmond. I didn't think I'd ever say that, but I do. I did. I I knew that I would miss Rich because I, I kind of figured Richmond would run its course. I knew that I would miss Richmond. Here's my thing with Richmond. I, I love the first week for sure. The second week gets a little old. But when they when we come back, play a preseason game, and then have to go back down there for like those last three days, that's when I'm done. And the team is done, and the coaches are done, and the city's done with us. Like that's like your peak grumpiness. Yeah, we don't need to go back. Yeah. Um, good news though, there. Philly said he thinks we'll be back next year, assuming COVID gets cleared up finally. Um, 
we're still dealing with COVID next year. F. At some point, COVID wins. Like, COVID's undefeated. COVID is the 72 Dolphins, and we can't do anything. COVID and women, undefeated champions. <laughs> I hate, I hate COVID. Um, should we go to Dwayne? I, I, um, I have one more funny story. Um, I, serious thing real quick. Who's your week one left guard, Mitchell? Hmm. Um, it's a good question. Uh, for a while, I would have said. Well, I tell him why I'm asking that, Pete. So it was a lot of West Martin early on, but recently we've gotten reports and we've seen it ourselves that Joshua Garnett, 2016 first rounder, who they signed on August 21st, he played a ton of left guard on Friday, and I think he was rotating in there on Saturday as well. And Keith Ishmael was there. Chase Ruye is being moved around. So that center and left guard, but specifically left guard, now seems a little more unsettled than we originally thought it would be. Well, if you remember, so Chase Ruye has played guard before and, and center. Keith Ishmael was impressing early in camp at center with the second team with the second team snapping. Is there a chance that Ishmael gets to start at center and then Roulier is the starting left guard? I, I can't say I'm not saying no to it. If if I had to make the decision today, I'm going with Wes Martin because I think that he has the highest upside of that group, and I'm in the business of, of with Chase Roulier starting at center, and I'm in the business of giving that guy the the, the most opportunities or at least the first opportunity to, to solidify that spot. So today, that's what I would say, you know, but when they get into full hitting and, or this practice on Sunday, I think this is going to really tell you a lot because there's a lot of the defensive line having to pull up and guys not being able to, you know, put defenders to the ground, you know, and on the offensive line and defensive lines, that's where you're going to see a lot of action that, that these guys are able to go after each other a little bit more. Schweitzer and Garnett. Garnett or Garnett? Do we know how this guy says his name? Spelled Garnett. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Garnett. How is Garnett spelled? One T? Yeah. Okay, so Garnett. I think they might have something to say on this thing. We'll see. I, I don't know enough. Right now, I, I'd be with Mitch that it's, it's Wes Martin. But it seems unsettled. And I'm going seemed... to make my stance clear. I think it's Garnett because Ron said uh, he kind I of – I kind of do too. He kind of flamed out in San Francisco, but Ron told us on Friday that his skill set he believes will fit better in this system than his past stops. The first and, round pick. Yeah, former first rounder. I understand Wes has upside, but I think a former first rounder has plenty still untapped too. So I'm going to say it's him right now just because he's the dude they're really throwing in there as the season is now getting even closer. I don't think you're just going to do that for fun just to screw around. I think they really want to see what he has. You know what? I'm going there with you too, Pete. I'm very, very intrigued. Need to see him a little bit, but um, Schweitzer has to get back out there too for that. Like he was in, he finally practiced yesterday, but it was only in individuals. Didn't do any of the hitting drills, so I think he's still got a little ways to go before we get to see exactly what he's got. Yeah, he's a nice uh, secondary backup at this point. Um, okay, uh, quick funny story, and then we're going to Dwayne. So if you want to just go to Dwayne, press password. A.K.A. Um, Wayne, as Stephen Sims calls him. Wayne Haskins, <laughs> which we like. That's a cool nickname. I keep waiting for Pete to drop his big Dwayne investigative story, but I guess we'll just have to wait. Yeah, still following up on some leads. Okay. So we did the Milano's thing the other day, and uh, Pete brought all the Milano's in, lined them up. We all taste tested. We all ranked them. Pete wrote a blog for the website. It was fun. It was funny. It was good content. Like, it was, it was everything I love about young Peter. Um, what was even funnier oh, was, yeah. was the next day or the next couple of days, 
So the next day I get an email from a, a very nice and polite PR person at Pepperidge Farm. And she's and she said, uh, hey, we love, you know, the cookie taste test. Um, Want to thank you and, and send some cookies your way. I was like, cool. Um, gave her my address. So then I text Mitch and Pete on the group thread. I'm like, hey, the uh, Pepperidge Farm reach out to you guys yet. And Mitch is like, no, and seemed quite upset about it. And then Pete, Pete said no. And I was like, what the hell? Like your story, it's your, you've dominated this whole story. Yes. And you're like, check your work email, check your personal email. I checked both, nothing there. And we go, all right, then what they want. And you said they were sending us free cookies. So I was like, hmm, okay. So then the conversation, was like, oh, well, maybe, you know, my Twitter's verified or, or like maybe there was some way they were able to get a hold of me that they were unable to get a hold of yes. others. Then we get to camp and Kime got an email. Phillips got an email. Um, Matt Paris got an email. Matt Paris got an email. I got a text from a number I didn't even know saying they got an email. Like every freaking person in the world had gotten an email. <laughs> Les Carpenter got the email and turned them down because that's yeah. the kind of man Les is. Yeah. Um, but at that point, it, it, once it got to Paris, I was like, all right, this is unfair. So I emailed the lady and I, I was like, hey, by the way, here's Pete's email. Not sure if you reached out to him. And sure enough, she said she was getting bounced back. So you getting your cookies, Pete? I'm getting my Montauk sent to me. I'm not going to turn them down. I don't cover Pepperidge Farm or anything, so I'm going to take free cookies. Sorry, Les, to offend you and your, your hoity-toity journalism ethics. Uh, <laughs> it was really disconcerting to just get all these notifications. Hey, Pete, you're the best. You cracked the code. Free cookies. And I never got them, but finally I'm getting them. It's okay. For the record, she still she still hasn't been able to get my email correct, and I still have not gotten free cookies. Well, Mitch, for the record, I'm not sending her your email. Pete wrote the story. He brought the Pete deserves the cookies. I'm not I sure. I deserve you cookies too. Why? Because I'm me. Well, I I don't want to turn this into an anti pepperidge farm podcast, but you tell me <laughs> if I don't get cookies soon, I might. When I get cookies, I'll bring you some, big man. No problem. Right. Um, Pete, how low were you feeling there when when Paris got the email and everybody else got the email? Yeah, I, I just to quickly convey to our listeners, Paris is like, he's kind of like the Pete of this podcast in the Beat uh, group. When he like things happen to him, he gets ragged on. So when he texted me, oh man, <laughs> ha ha, check out this email. I, was really, really a low point of camp. Like you think about the way that we give Pete a hard time, Pete gives Paris that hard, that hard right. of a time. I'm above the food chain when it comes to Matt Paris. That should just tell you what the kind of guy he is. But we love him. He's a good dude. <laughs> now we're just bragging on our colleagues. I don't think that was the plan here. Um, but and I for think the record, Pete was happy to do so. Pete has now ragged on Carpenter and Paris in the last five minutes. Is that, is that, is that accurate, Pete? Progress or plateau? Yes, that's correct. Progress. Okay. Um, let's go to Dwayne. I wanted to, I thought that was funny though. Um, all right. Sunday, Orsman Chantilly Toyota, be there. It's going to be fun. And this is going to be after the super Sunday practice. And, oh, and Monday we're back at FedEx. They rescheduled that. Monday is one o'clock at FedEx. One o'clock at FedEx. Don't come because I'm entirely certain fans can't come, but, uh, we'll have a pod after that. So that should be fun too. Um, here comes Dwayne Askins. Thank you very much for listening. See us Orsman afternoon. Um, Sundays in Chantilly sound quite pleasant. Uh, here's Dwayne.
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Always a pleasure to get to sit down with the quarterback, Mr. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne, thank you for the time. It was a hot one at, at training camp practice on Friday. Um, but I think you looked really sharp on a day where maybe other guys didn't. Ron Rivera said, you know, he thought some players were distant. And it's understandable considering the gravity of what's going on in the world and, and the meeting you guys had yesterday. What do you try to do in those situations to maybe lift up your teammates? Um, I just think in a situation um, when you when you have a job, um, which they always taught me this when I was in Ohio State, uh, as well, to so never let the outside world distract what you're doing inside the building. And um, that's something I always took with me since college, just uh, no matter what's going on, um, whether it's uh, through social media or in real life or anything of that nature, when you set foot in the building, uh, football or your jobs, all that matters. So just today, just trying to get some guys going and getting them in the mindset to practice. But, um, you know, this is a very important time for us as a team to come together and cultivate and be able to, um, you know, move forward in, in, in a time right now it's really hard to. But um, definitely want to be able to come together. Um, we want to have a voice and uh, lead some change in this world. And uh, But also knowing that in order for that to happen, we have to be able to perform on the football field as well. One of the things I thought was admirable was earlier this summer when there were the, the protests in D.C., you decided to go because you wanted to see everything for yourself and kind of draw your own conclusions. Yeah. I, I imagine you're unable to now due to just COVID restrictions and large crowds and stuff. But is, is that something that you still feel that way, that it's important for folks to do? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not sure what's going on as far as right now is the protesting or where it's taking place at, but having the opportunity last year to, not last year, sorry, last couple months to uh, be a part of, some of the bigger than myself going to DC, seeing the um, you know protesting and, and listening to, to people, real people, uh, not just um, somebody that can just tell you over the phone or nothing, but you know here listen to the pain that the people have. And you know yesterday we had a great team meeting. Uh, a couple guys spoke up about their experiences and with their life, and you know some things that happened to them that they uh, thought never would or, or you know wish never did. And um, just finding a way to uh, get those people who don't understand to understand and, and be a, a voice of reason, a voice of change, trying to bring guys to light on, on things that uh, have been stuck under the rug for so long. So um, I felt it yesterday and um, even today, we got a lot closer as a team and uh, trying to figure out ways to make a difference in the community, something we want to really do instead of just talking about it. So let's, let's go to the football field then. It's very obvious to me that you're the starting quarterback. I just tried to get Ron to tell me when he's going to name you the starting quarterback, and he said he wouldn't. He wouldn't tell me anyway. How is it feeling going through camp with the ones this time? It's got to just be so different from a year ago. And, and I'm just curious how you feel like everything's going. Yeah, just uh, last year having the split reps with uh, two other quarterbacks and not necessarily getting into a rhythm. But um, <clears throat> this year, 
Um, even before going into training camp, I wanted to, to have that mind state, um, to have that work ethic as a, the number one guy. And uh, that's how I came into this offseason, and that's how I executed going into training camp. And, um, you know, just been doing a great job as far as just trying to lead and uh, be a, you know, young guy but with a voice on this team and, you know, making the plays happen and making the right plays, finding the takedowns, finding the plays that needed to be done and, and moving the ball down the field. And, you know, showing Ron some maturity. So, um, you know, Coach Rivera's done a great job just helping me, taking me under his wing. And, um, you know, just trying to, you know, get the opportunity to be – that guy, I'd be a captain on this football team, something I really worked hard for this all season. So just trying to make that come into fruition. I noticed something, I think when you guys were doing red zone drills, maybe it was the two minute. Like it was kind of a sleepy practice to me as an observer. At one moment you were at the line of scrimmage, but I think I don't think you had kind of gotten into the play yet. And I saw you just start clapping and yelling, let's go. Was that just trying to get everybody up to speed? Yeah, I mean, this is some time, especially coming off of a two-day off day where, um, you know, you got to get guys going and, um, and learn a lot from Coach Rivera and Coach Zampezi and then even going back to college with Coach uh, Meyer. Um, a quarterback can never be quiet, especially on the field. So uh, there's some times today really lack of physical, and I had to get into some guys, you know, uh, get into some guys, you know, bad side, I guess, or make them want to practice a little harder. But that's just the nature of the beast and playing quarterback. And um, I felt with, with – me doing that today, we got some more explosive plays out of what could have been a, a slow day or a bad practice. So I'm just trying to figure out ways to bring energy every day. And, and I, I think what I'm watching for the growth, we've talked about it. Obviously, you have the physical tools, you got the arm, but a lot of it that Ron has challenged you is that kind of leadership stuff. I think we saw that today. The other day, the, the pick six to Landon Collins. I noticed you and McKissick stay after practice to work on the route, the ball, the timing, all of that stuff. What did Ron say to you as he was kind of leaving the field? Yeah, you said it was a poorly thrown ball, and I agree. Um, it's ironic because we had that rep in practice two days ago, and we had the same play today with Steven and Greg Stroman. Greg Stroman playing man-to-man coverage. I saw him. that one. I saw today. that one, yeah. Yeah, two days ago, I left it a little bit inside, and I, as soon as I threw it, I said, you know, F word. I knew that I was going to be a pick, but um, – Today, uh, I had a rep today, spent my feet up, got the ball out in front, and, you know, turned into a big play. So it's just never making the same mistake twice is something I want to uh, preach to myself and everybody close to me, um, whether it's on the field or off the field. Uh, you want to learn from what you, you know, made mistakes prior to and, and be a better version of yourself the next time when it happens again. And um, I was today, so I was trying to do that in game-like situations. For sure. For sure. So the play the other day, the Collins pick, but the play before that, Terry got lit up by Troy Apke. Did yeah. your uh, heart skip a beat on that? Um, it definitely – I was more so mad at the fact that it was this big collision. Um, but uh, we coached that play up, um, just trying to figure out ways where, you know, not leaving the ball, where I'm leading him into a safety. And um, Terry being able to slow down in that, that cover two hole like that and um, understanding that if it's not there, to move on to the outside and, you know, save – those guys, those hits, um, you know, I, I still apologize today about that hit from two days ago uh, with Terry. So um, that's my guy. I want to keep him up, right? Keep him, keep him healthy. So, um, you know, just trying to figure out ways to get those game-like plays in without getting I don't think you didn't do anything wrong there. I mean, the ball was a little high, but I meant more just a collision for arguably the most explosive player on the offense in August. Um, how, is every, how, how wild is it for you? Um, watching Alex go on the field against a pass rush. Yeah, I mean, um, got some nine on nine reps in, and you know, a couple of times he felt, you know, how real that pass rush is. And you know, Alex is an ultra competitive guy, and um, 
you know, we had a conversation at the, at the practice today, just how important it was for him just to get back out there. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm extremely uh, happy for him, proud of him, have a whole bunch of respect for him and um, know the type of uh, guy he is on and off the field. So for him to get out there and throw just a pass and routes on air is something that's truly remarkable. So for him to go out there and do nine on nine and, you know, move around a little bit, throw a pass on the run, make some things happen, um, it's super exciting for me. Um, just watching him and him being kind of like that big brother mentor role for me in my life and my career here in Washington. So um, just super excited about Alex and his career and then his career after football. I gasped, though, when uh, Durant, big Deron Payne kind of shoved that guard back and there was a little bit of contact. You, you just – you're apprehensive about it. It's natural, I think, after everything you've seen. Off the quarterback, <laughs> uh, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, me – whether it's me, Kyle, or Alex, or even Steven, there we're all we all supportive of each other. Um, we want to keep the D line off of us, and again, we talk a little uh, trash to the D line about you know them not getting to us, but maybe we shouldn't do that. So, <laughs> for sure, I, this connection's awful. So I'm gonna uh, this will be my last one. How excited are you for this offense? And, and now that you've really got to be part of the installation and, and seeing what looks to be a ton of motion, a, a ton of action to your backs. But my guess is that should set up some deep shots for that right arm. Yeah, we haven't caught too many uh, deep deep plays yet. But um, I'm excited to get AP going, get, you know, guys, not guys, um, Bryce and um, and Antonio Gibson going uh, as far as running backs. And that's going to open up everything else for us offensively um, as far as um, screens, play action passes, um, sprint movements, viral passes, um, bootlegs, nakeds. Um, play action passes, RPOs. Once the running game is going and we got the offensive line, you know, moving the line of scrimmage, uh, we're going to do a lot of great things offensively. So just, you know, relying on those guys up front, them hogs, and, you know, hoping the, the gold AP goes off another year. <laughs> you know what's crazy is watching you now for over a year and then even in practices, the, the, the word coming out of the combine, you coming out of college that you didn't like to move is just so wrong. I, I, I think you're almost more active it on the move am I crazy hey man uh, I want like being a secret <laughs> so um I, I can do everything that is required to win a football game and whether that's in the pocket or outside the pocket this I worked a lot on it this offseason uh being a, a better overround better all-around athlete so that's what I worked on and, and it's coming in and life out there on the field making some plays and hopefully get some running touchdowns in this year we'll see but uh, just looking forward to winning some games. So whatever it takes for me to help the team win, that's what I did this offseason. And with my playing style, I was trying to figure out what works best for the coaches and, and for this offense in order to, you know, win some games this year. I, I see it. I see it in progress, man. Thank you very much for the time. Sorry about the connection stuff. This is the, the Zoom COVID Redskins world. Redskins doesn't have any cellular networks out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, it's tough out here. But thank you very much, Dwayne. Appreciate it. Thanks, JP.